0: Come on out, you rapists! Another episode of Fractured Skulls. We're at 180. Uh, We're probably going to go straight into the news story because we got a lot to cover this episode. But before we do, how are you doing this fine evening, sir?
1: I am doing absolutely excellent. But before you get to your news story, I want to make a request to Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, please release a T-shirt of your great masterpiece, Tusk. I would so wear that T-shirt. I can't find any merchandise anywhere of that movie. In regards to t-shirts please
0: just has do that has tusk reached cult status yet i would think it had by now
1: it may have i just haven't seen any real shirts of it i've seen people make fan stuff of it but nothing that would really define that this is the movie that kevin smith made uh, it had i'm just thinking something like with the movie poster on it that would suffice it i don't need to actually have the actual walrus on there because i want someone to be morbidly curious at the shirt and be like what's this movie tusk and i want to be like i I forget who commented i want to actually like troll them and be like oh this is a kind of like mr limpet where this man wants to live a life as a walrus and it's like an animation movie it's like it's a very wonderful story you should check it out and then when they actually go see it they get petrified afterwards
0: that's one way to lure them yeah but well, anyway, I'm Terminator Travis, this is my good pal Monoxide. we're going to get this thing started, let's check, check it out. out! Have you seen the trailer to the new Roadhouse movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal?
1: I have not, unfortunately. Why? What's so significant about Roadhouse with Maggie's little brother Jake?
0: Well, you've never seen the original,
2: correct? Correct.
0: The original has hit cult status. It's a fun little movie. Patrick Swayze plays a bodyguard at this uh, crazy bar in a, and is pretty corrupt around town. It's basically him fighting off bad guys. It's a fun movie. Terry Funk's in it. Okay. But uh, they've been wanting to remake Roadhouse for the past several years. And at one point, Ronda Rousey was attached to star in it. But then she lost that fight. And then... The studio grew sour of her, and eventually the film just went into developmental hell. And now it's back. In fact, we even got a trailer. And it seems like they're gonna, they moved on without Rhonda, and they're going with Jake Gyllenhaal. And apparently, the director is now uh, boycotting this movie because he was promised a theatrical release of the film, and instead is being dropped on Prime Video, I believe, sometime in March or whenever it's supposed to be dropped on there. The studio said they were going to do a theatrical release, and they lied! Wow,
1: why... Are they legally allowed to just arbitrarily uh, go ahead and be like, Oh, we're going to put it on the app and not tell them? Or at least tell them, listen, if this doesn't do well, we're going to have to just do it on an app? Don't they have to have, like, some sort of common courtesy to the director?
0: I, I mean, I don't know what it says on the contract. I, I believe he signed the, the movie's made through MGM, and how they choose to distribute it is up to them, whether they want to distribute it through theaters or through um, their prime video. I mean, whatever they tell the director, they could tell him anything, but if it's not in, if it's not on paper, then you know, what can he do?
1: It does seem like a dick move to...
0: Yeah, they did tell him that just to lie to him. That is pretty dickish, yes.
1: Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. But, um, yeah, regardless, I mean, I have not seen the trailer to this. I don't know how it is. I don't know what got them to think, you know what? This isn't good enough for a theatrical release. Because the one time, I will say, when I saw a trailer and I said to myself, this would be served better as a movie streamed on an app was, uh, what's that? Mo- uh, the Monsters. There was no way that that was going to do well in theaters. I knew it would bomb badly and i think when the trailer released and everybody saw how i didn't find it horrific i just found it like this this movie isn't going to be suitable for a theatrical release
0: and, no, enough, it was, I get it. and if it was it probably got like a very limited release and because it was just it was distributed to universal sister company 1440 it did they do all like their straight to dvd movies
1: yeah, and it ended up on netflix i think
0: yeah, where it probably got the most eyes, yeah. And then we saw yeah.
1: that. And, uh, yeah, we reviewed it on this podcast, and it was what it was. But beyond that, um, this, I don't know. I don't know what led them to just being like, you know what? Fuck the theatrical release. Let's just put it on Prime.
0: Yeah, either that, or they just probably told the director what he wanted to hear, and then once he left the room,
1: Prime. I meant but- Prime, Logan Paul's drink, not the fucking app.
0: So I know Conor McGregor's in the movie as well. I haven't really seen the whole trailer. I don't know if he's going to play the big baddie in that movie. I know Jim Lowell's character has like an MMA background, which is why he knows how to fight. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out eventually. I'll probably, I'll probably watch it whenever it drops. I usually do when it comes to certain movies. Will it be any good? I don't know. I don't know. We'll wait and see, but it, we we'll are just getting things started.
1: It's just weird to think that they went from having an MMA fighter as star in this movie, which they kind of do. It's Conor McGregor, but the, the the headliner. They went from an MMA fighter to just a, a guy that was in Donnie Darko.
0: <laughs> I love how you just reduced chick fil to a guy in Donnie Darko. I, mean,
1: I I I really haven't seen him in anything significant. Personally. back Mountain? Had, I mean, more people associate Heath Ledger with Brokeback Mountain.
2: Oh, yeah, because he's
0: dead.
1: <laughs> you sound like Batista.
2: Heath
0: Ledger's
1: <laughs> dead. Or, you no, know, you you actually sound more like Christian Cage. I heard you had a problem.
0: You know, I, we mentioned Ronda, but it did seem like they kept the MMA theme to it. I mean, the character still has, like, an MMA background. I'm assuming they were going to do all that for Ronda, and once she lost, they probably just went... Let's just switch the gender back to male and then we'll just keep all the characteristics that we had for this other version that we were going to write. Just Whoa.
1: a guy. Whoa. Whoa. <coughs> they switched back to a male? Uh, what? They, well, what other the female went, were they going
0: to use? Gina? Oh no, wait. She's cancelled. They, uh, they went with an actor. They couldn't have found an actress. And how many actresses in Hollywood know how to throw a punch? Dude, None of these people know what the fuck they're doing anyway, so they may as well just go all the way.
1: I'm surprised
0: surprised they didn't.
1: They could have gotten Margot Robbie. They could have gotten Sigourney Weaver. I don't fucking know. Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) I'm just throwing out names at this point. I I know Sigourney Weaver is like 70, but all I'm saying is. Just because, to be honest, I, I don't know how this movie would have enough, regardless if it was male, female, he, she, it, shit.
0: Well, our next news story, a Bob the Builder animated movie is in the works, starring Anthony Ramos. The film follows Roberto, a.k.a. Bob, who travels to Puerto Rico for a major construction job and digs deeper into what it means to build. Produ- co-produced Wait. by Jennifer Lopez.
1: Wait. <laughs> Did, did you just say his name is Roberto? Yes. Was it Bob the Builder, like a British guy?
0: Yes. I don't know if he was British, but I know he was a white guy in a small suburban white town.
1: And now it's Roberto?
0: Yeah, it's another one of those race swap. Well, isn't there already like a Hispanic repairman? I think it was on Disney, Handy Dandy, Handy Pandy, whoever the hell his name was. Handy Mandy?
1: Handy-dandy notebook? I don't fucking know.
0: Like, he had, like, talking tools, but he was Hispanic. I think he was voiced by uh, Wilmer Valderrama, actually, come to think of it. Dude, it
1: got this is so bad with the race-off and all that, that with Mr. Rogers, they didn't even get a white guy or a black guy or a female. They got a fucking animated cat to replace Mr. Rogers. <laughs> all this crazy nonsense man I, I mean to be fair I didn't even know Bob the Builder was still even a thing I thought that was like ancient history like 20 years yeah, ago Bob, he
0: was like so he was like so 20 years he was like so 2000
1: yeah he was big at the time but
0: yeah hey, it was so short term you know he was popular for that small period of time but that was it he was done by like 2004 he was done
1: I mean, that's like if you were to tell me they're gonna make a movie based on the the busy world of Richard Scary, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> a live action. Oh, the that whole thats gonna be terrifying.
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna put a lot of butts in the seats. <laughs> like, or or if they made one of uh, Eureka's Castle or A Lager's Window. Let me come up with the more obscure shows that were big at the time. Chalk Zone, My Life as a Teenage Robot.
0: Uh, well, it's supposed to be an animated movie, so. And then they're going to make him Hispanic. Oh, like, who cares? The kids are to like, you're going to have to, good luck re-educating everyone who Bob the Builder was. He's a guy who just did shit around town with talking tools. Yeah. How are they going to do that? You know, what's funny, is that why do you have to
1: raise swap? Especially, okay, go with the Hispanic thing. Why do you have to raise swap when it's proven that if you just create the character as a Hispanic from scratch, it may succeed because, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be going completely senile. And I'll, I'll take that. But didn't we have a Hispanic preschool character that really became successful? Um, uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. A little girl. Um, her, her thing is, she, she always travels places. She's got a, a talking monkey next to her. And she's got a talking map and a talking backpack. And some fox always tries to stop her. And... Uh, what's her name? Oh, she's exploring and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Dora the Explorer? Right. Why, why don't they just do a Diego movie? Uh, Diego? There you go. A spin-off. Which, I don't know if it was successful or not. I would hope think it was, because you just couldn't come up with a new Hispanic character for the children. I know. A brand know. That's something that just boggles my mind about all this woke shit. Is it... All you have to do if you really want people to be invested is to create a brand new IP that just doesn't force feed it, but kind of... Okay, yeah, it's Dora. She happens to be Hispanic. Yes, you learn a little bit of Spanish on the way. But it's not totally in your face.
0: In other news, they finished filming uh, Mortal Kombat 2 and Deadpool 3.
1: I heard about that. Yes. And... uh
0: films have wrapped filming up so I guess I don't know if they're gonna do any reshoots no one at least with Marvel they probably will because they always do
1: I'm afraid because isn't this the first Deadpool movie that's gonna be under the Disney banner technically
0: yeah it's and it's supposed to be a very important film so it's gonna really set the tone I guess for what we're gonna be what's gonna be happening with the MCU and your cool. boy pool is gonna lead the way
1: I want to go see it in theaters because I saw the first two in theaters but I'm just so afraid with all the woke shit that we've been force-fed. And the first two movies were fine. but um, and, and what was the other one? Mortal Kombat? Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled with the first one. I'm not sure if I'm going to be thrilled with this one. Because they already did a lot of dumb shit in that original one. And that one was pretty much hated by a lot of people.
0: And then we get to our first uh, big news story. Over this past week, the Oscars. They made all the announcements for the nominations for uh, this year's Oscars. Uh, We got eight movies nominated for Best Picture. That is American Fiction, Anime of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Open Haima, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Now, as usual with these movies, I haven't even seen the majority of them. And for the most part, I never even heard of them.
1: Yeah, funny enough that one of them wasn't Sound of Freedom.
0: Sound of Freedom was nowhere to be found on this. Another film that was nowhere to be found was The Iron Claw. Best directors <laughs> include Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Yorgos Lathimos, Jonathan Glacier, and Justine Uh Best actors include uh, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin. I've never heard of that one. Paul Giamatti, as I mentioned, for The Holdovers, the Silly Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. And uh-huh. best and best supporting actors include Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Kills of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for playing Ken in the Barbie movie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Godzilla Minus One is on this list, I believe, for best visual effects. Alone guardians of the galaxy volume three uh try to think anything else let's see here best sound best production design barbie best original score barbie best original oh no best original song part best original score john williams is on the list for oh, indiana Jones yep. and the Dollar of destiny and a little update on john williams he says he pulls a rick flair i will never retire Woo! He says, you know, it feels like he can contribute to a script or a movie. He says he's going to keep on going. I mean, that, that's good news.
1: Good for him. The guy's never lost a step. Like that dude is like one guy that's never gotten like to the point where it's like, yo, you're just outliving your usefulness. He's that dude is a musical genius, man.
0: I mean, we, we can sit here and talk about his music all day. And I mean, it's a very, it's, it's impossible to pick like his best one because he's done so many yeah. scores.
1: If, if you sat here and told me name the top five best scores he's ever done, I, he, my brain would malfunction. I wouldn't be able to pick him out because he's just done so much great shit.
0: But the reason I bring up the Oscars is because there's been a lot of heat, a lot of backlash from the feminist movement. Because even though Barbie has been nominated for eight Oscar nominations... That's still not enough for them. Marco Robbie was not nominated for Best Actress and Greta Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director. Even though the film was nominated for Best Picture, Best Song, Best Score, Best Production Design, they got everything else. But those two were the main two that the feminist culture wanted and they are dissatisfied, Monoxide. They are trying their best to tie this up to the patriarchy. They're trying to make this about sexism none of it makes sense because lily gladstone a native american actress is nominated for best actress for kills of the flower moon so they can't say it's sexist because i just named you an example right there carrie mulligan another one female actress i mean they're the best actress nominee half of them are colored
1: yeah so you can't even say it's racist either because it's the white woman getting shafted for the native american
0: And I mentioned best director, Justine Triad, Enemy of a Fall, that film was directed by a female, so you can't say, you know, no female directors are being nominated, but I just named you one right there. I mean, these you just cannot satisfy these people. That's
1: why you can't cater to them. Didn't we talk about this in the last podcast? We talked about Hogwarts Legacy. How well that game did. That game did so well, because they didn't cater to the feminists or not feminists, but the, the, the people, the woke community, the woke community, where they constantly always have to find something to bitch about. They can't ever be satisfied even if you give them everything that they want because they're like a spoiled child. The second you give the spoiled child a reward for their bad behavior, they're going to just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then when you don't give them what they want, they throw temper tantrums. J.K. Yeah. Rowling... The reason she can stand her ground is because J.K. Rowling didn't just create a franchise. She created a fucking entity. All right. She created something magical. And she's living in billions of dollars in her fucking castle wherever. And and the quality of all the Harry Potter merchandise that has come out since then has been quality. So she always has that leg to stand on. And thank God for that. Because we can't have the woke community, the woke community, destroying every single IP that we have with all this bullshit. Well, fucking, they, they went as far as to fucking killing Bob the Builder. Okay, <laughs> they couldn't let Bob the Builder just rest in peace, okay? They had to resurrect it to create a Hispanic version of Bob the Builder, One named Roberto. Like, <laughs> like, are they gonna redo Blue's Clues and make a Steve a Hispanic guy called Esteban? <laughs> what, what the fuck are you going to do now? Like, come on. So, now, going back to the whole Barbie thing. Like, why, of all things, do the feminists want Margot Robbie to be anointed as their, their icon playing a fucking doll? She played a plastic doll, a blonde plastic doll, nonetheless, which was created during the height of the patriarchy. Am I missing something here?
0: Uh... I, I think the feminist culture is still trying to figure out how to, how to make this a, 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 about patriarchy and sexism when it's not any of that at all. It's just these whiny bitches who just wanna, will find anything to complain about. And if I was America Ferrara, she was in the Barbie movie. She's nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in that film. And I mean, she didn't do anything special, really. I mean, I felt more like a uh, diversity standard. You know, we need, you know, a checkbox. If I was her, I would feel like shit. Because yeah. instead of them applauding America Ferrera for being nominated for that film, they're more angry that Margot Robbie didn't get nominated. They're more angry that the director did, didn't get nominated. It's like they're completely ignoring what she did for that film. Same with Ryan Gosling. That's funny. A film about feminism and why men are bad, and yet the guy is being nominated for that movie.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, but Ryan Gosling has more of a pedigree behind him thus far. I don't know about box office because, again, Margot Robbie did star as Harley Quinn. So I'm, I'm not sure who over-exceeds on the box office
0: market. Well, she does. Uh, I would say Margot Robbie, even though Robbie has done a lot of flops, I mean, she has she has done more of those commercial movies. You just mentioned the Harley Quinn. While Ryan Gosling, you know, building his career, he's worked with more like, uh, what's that film he did? The Ideas of March? That's a film oh, that... Uh, did, did George Clooney direct that? I think Clooney directed that movie. Like he's done more dra- dramatic stuff.
1: Yeah, like, like the notebook. He's
0: not really the commercial guy.
1: He did the Notebook. That was the one that. Oh everybody yeah, yeah. yeah. with Of all hills they want to die on, they want to die on the hill of uh, Barbie for some odd reason. Which again, I, I don't fathom because Barbie's a doll created during the patriarchy era. Like so Barbie literally came out in the fifties, I think.
0: Yeah. She did.
1: So it's like, yeah, that was the height of the patriarchy.
0: All right, yeah, that was 70 years ago.
1: Yeah, and, it, and you still want Barbie to be your figurehead against the patriarchy for some reason.
0: Oh. A fucking commercial movie that people won't even remember about five or ten years from now. A movie that was nothing. Let's just say how great women are, bad men are. This is the hill they want to die on. This is our movie. It's well, then support to... your movie. You're Phil Silver nominated for eight other nominations, including Best Supporting Actor and Actress. Show your support towards them. America for it... should come out and say, fuck these people. Sarah's <laughs> only awesome. Gladstone. I'm a first native American. You oh. should be loving me. Instead, you're mad because a white girl didn't get nominated. Fuck you.
2: This
1: fits back to when uh, the, the, gay, the gay community went off because Bert and Ernie weren't a gay couple. Two <laughs> so preschool <bring> puppets. <laughs> school puppets that this is the hell they're trying to die on. Like, uh, we had the Harvey Milk situation back in the day. Uh, who was that teenager in the 80s that was beaten for being gay that they propped up as, as a cultural icon and all that stuff? Freddie Mercury having to die from AIDS and all this stuff. But yet... None of that ails in comparison to the fact that two preschool puppets that were created in the late 60s are not a gay couple. Because two men living in the same vicinity, that means they have to be gay for some odd reason. Now, to be fair, the guy who created the characters is a gay man. But he never insinuated, based on the writing of the characters, that they were a gay couple. Never. So... And and it came out that yeah they are just friends that just happen to live together. Gee Willikers, like come on.
0: Yeah, cause they're just, they're now they're just reaching. They're looking for any representation, anything. Give us something. I, like, I I I give up. That's, <laughs> that's what's happening in the the feminist culture when it comes to fucking Barbie of all movies.
2: Yeah.
1: Barbie. Wow. <laughs> This is who you want as your icon for feminism.
0: That's how you know 2023 was a shit year for movies. But we're not done. We got and more. More crazy shit has happened over this past week. Yep. And I'll, I'll let you take over from here. Because this, this just happened today as of this recording, uh, January
2: 25th.
1: Well, before we get to that, there was another news story also related to wrestling, which was uh, Raw has now signed with Netflix. Um, Raw I, I, I I guess
0: we'll take... Go ahead huh? No yeah, go so, out this
1: Monday Night Raw which has been a staple hold for USA Network since 1993 with the exception of between I want to say 2001 till about 2005 2006-ish where they were signed to TNN which later became Spike Monday Night Raw was always a, a USA Network show and when it started, it was one hour, one hour taped. It eventually became two hours by the late 90s to compete with WCW Monday Nitro. And eventually, around 2012 ish, it became three hours. Everybody thought two hours was fine, but they went to three hours uh, in 2012 and it made them a whole shitload of money. So there was no way they were going back. And the show has been a chore ever since, even with Triple H writing. Well, somewhere along the way, SmackDown had gotten signed to Fox for a five-year deal. And unfortunately, Fox is not willing to renew the deal. So they had to find a home for SmackDown, which ended up being USA. But now that means where's Raw going to go? And there was rumors that AEW, all the wrestling, was going to go with Warner Brothers But then there was talks of Raw going to Warner Brothers. Well, out of nowhere, we get this new uh, news that Raw is going to be streamed on Netflix, which means that this will be the first time in this is going to be the first time since 1993, January, that Raw will not be on TV, on cable TV. You're going to have to, if you want to watch Monday Night Raw, you're going to have to have a Netflix subscription account. But here's the kicker in this whole ordeal, is that the USA deal that they have expires in October and there's no extension. So even before their deal actually comes into full gear in January of 2025, there's a two to three month period where there will be no Raw unless a deal is struck with USA or Netflix, where. USA will cut them a two-month extension or Netflix will give them a two-month uh, pre-extension. So this deal is said to be worth about $5 billion for 10 years. And the debate is, is this the right move? Will more people watch? I don't think they were looking at it as, oh, more people are going to watch. They were looking at it as $5 billion. Let's take it. Because I'm not sure how many people are subscribed to Netflix. And even if you gave me that number, how many of those people are wrestling fans and are willing to watch Raw? And then the people who do watch Raw currently, how many of those people are going to subscribe to Netflix to watch Raw? I think this is Netflix's first, uh, their first dealings in getting their live streaming efforts into gear. I don't think they've ever done live streaming.
0: Uh, Not that I know of. No, yeah,
1: so this this is a pretty big fucking deal and this this broke a couple days ago and this was where um we decided to bring that up but now having said that
0: my only guess if if they don't reach a deal like by the time like if their deal comes out you have say not in, in October my only other alternative would be probably them streaming live on the cock And that makes you yeah, wonder I, now, how would that affect it? Would this affect a Peacock deal?
1: I don't... That's a weird I thing. I
0: think it does.
1: I, I'm not sure. The Peacock deal is was only exclusive to America or North America because people overseas still have the WWE Network. They don't have the cock. <laughs> they don't have the cock. Um, but yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing, but if they try to stream, <clears throat> pardon me, if they try to stream Raw on Peacock, would that affect their relationship with Netflix? Like, hey, wait a minute, you guys stream it here. And then, like, let's say those two months, they're like, oh, well, we could just stream it on Peacock. I don't know. I don't know. How
0: that's do. I, I don't think it's going to affect them until once January, once the new year hits for next year. Yeah, it's,
1: this is going to change a lot of things because, yeah, now they're going to have to stream. Because here's the other thing I didn't mention Raw will be commercial free. There will be no commercials for Raw, and we don't know, but will Raw remain three hours? Because if it's three hours and it's commercial free, that's even worse. Because now you have to have three hours of content nonstop. That's too much, man.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they're going to have to work out the time constraints, you know, and what, and that, I'm assuming this is just for Raw. So that means when it comes to premium live events, all that's still going to be Peacock.
1: From what I understand, yeah. This is only a Raw, Monday Night Raw deal, so.
0: Now, this is only Raw. This is... Now, I did read that they were also... Netflix is... They were also going to make shit exclusive for Netflix.
1: Uh, probably, because...
0: I mean, for ex- 5000000000 billion, I'm sorry, but Monday Night Raw is just not good enough. That's not... You know, I'm pretty sure Netflix is going to want more than just that. Whatever past content, whatever video library they have, they may want it on there as well.
1: Could be. But... $5 billion. I can't blame them for necessarily taking the offer, but now it's just, like, how accessible is the show going to be to fans? That's yeah. that to be the key thing. But,
0: but wait! Uh, there's there's more.
2: more!
1: There is more. About two years ago, we broke the news on this podcast. Vince McMahon is a sexual deviant. In other news, 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. But Vince McMahon... OK, where where do I go with this? OK, so about two years ago, Vince McMahon, there was a, a story that broke out that he gave a lot of hush money to a bunch of girls that he was sleeping with that worked with him and gave them NDAs when they were either fired or released or whatever to not say anything and he'll pay them. But the problem was was that he wasn't paying them out of his own bank account. He was paying them from the company's funds. That's where the controversy hit. And when the money started piling up of how much he was giving them, it got too much to the point where Ben Sick Man stepped down. He stepped down for about five, six months until he weaseled his way back into the company. Long story, not gonna get into it. But point is he got onto the board of directors. It was at this point that they, a couple months later, they eventually were merging with TKO and UFC under an umbrella. That's when Vince McMahon started looking like Gomez from fucking Adam's family to distract people from his sexual deviancy, etc., etc. Now, the last we heard of Vince McMahon was he tried to be creative on Raw the night after WrestleMania 39. And, and WrestleMania 3992, and it was a disaster. Well, eventually, I, I don't know who the head of TKO was, or is, but um, they basically um, gave...
0: Harry huh? Emanuel, I believe?
1: Yeah, he gave the blessing to Triple H to run the show. And Vince McMahon is pushed to the side. He trusts Triple H. We all trust Papa H, I guess. The show has been vastly better under Paul Levesque. Not perfect. There's still a lot, still lingering issues, but hey, it's light years ahead with Paul Avec running it. But now, continuing on. All of a sudden, we didn't hear it from Vince in a while. That's a good thing. We don't need to hear about this man. Then a 67 page lawsuit came into play. And this 67-page lawsuit is pretty fucking damning. One of the people that came out and had sued him, the story goes like this. It seems to be a a mixture of one of two things that congruently come together. So as we said, he gave NDAs. He gave NDAs to a bunch of women that he paid off to stay silent after he did whatever he did to them. One of which was, I think her name is Janelle Grant. And the situation goes like this either he just stopped paying her, which means that he broke the NDA, which meant that this can go public. Or, when the allegations came out two years ago where, oh, all these NDAs came out, Vince McMahon felt he was in the right to not pay anymore because they broke their deal. So he stopped paying, which alerted them to go ahead and send all these texts out. So apparently Vince McMahon... There's a lot of stuff that's in here, but the ones that I was able to gather was that this woman, her parents had passed away, and she was about to lose her house, she was about to lose her mortgage, she was about to lose a lot of things. And somebody introduced her to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon basically said, yeah, I'll give you a job if you do all this for me, which were sexual favors. Kiss my ass club yes now let me tell you this ladies and gentlemen this is not a pg podcast we're pretty fucking rated r we say what we want to say do what we want to do if we're to get sponsorships they're going to have to learn deal with that because at the end of the day we're a podcast but we like to have fun and we have some integrity to ourselves we don't want to have to sugarcoat what we feel so for the next following events i would recommend you skip this if you are sensitive in the ears so one alleged story is that Vince McMahon along with, and he was named in this alleged lawsuit with John Laurinaitis. Apparently these two people, which by the way, John Laurinaitis' wife is suffering brain cancer. Who is the, I think is the mother of the Bella Twins. Yep. They're engaging in a threesome with said woman. While this is going on, Vince McMahon just somehow gets up and defecates all over her head via his a-hole, his asshole, and then (laughs) proceeds to leave to wash himself up, forces her to remain like a shithead, no pun intended, (laughs) and then continue this threesome for an hour and a half. There was also said that this woman was in charge of trying to Send a video of her peeing to sexually arouse said former UFC fighter into re-signing. Now, many people alluded to Brock Lesnar because he's the big guy that they always sign. I find this a little bit odd because Brock Lesnar's not a cell phone guy. He's pretty technologically adept, so I don't think he would even know how to open up a text, let alone he's even joked that he's only got a flip phone and all that shit. The only other UFC heavyweight champion that they had at that time was Kane Velasquez, and that was a very short term deal.
0: But you see, you used a, you said re sign. Re sign, yes. Kane, now, when they signed Velasquez, he only signed with them one time, correct? Mm hmm. So that couldn't be Cain Velasquez.
1: Yeah, but it could have been when his deal was up. Maybe they wanted him back.
0: <laughs>
2: this
1: is no way of getting him back. <laughs> well, now, no, but point is, it could have been anybody. It could have been Matt Riddle, even though he was not a former UFC champion. He is a former UFC guy. But all he said was former UFC champion. Could have been Ronda Rousey, for all I know. She was a former champion. Never said male or female. Just a champion. Hmm. I want to read to you the texts that were sent to said woman that I happened to download while I was getting ready for this. Ooh, please, do tell. Following the threesome on May 11, 2020, McMahon sent an explicit message to Mrs. Grant that further detailed his fantasies of seeing her engaged in sexual relations. I will read this, but it's so grammatically fucking horrible. But this is apparently Vince McMahon texting uh, Mrs. Grant. And I'll say it like Vince McMahon. I love it. That's you, Janelle. You just can't get enough of that, can you? In the future, it's going to be so bad that you'll demand to be fucked twice a day and not just with blank in a three-way. Why not let others see the beautiful, voluptuous, bloody, and watch you shake uncontrollably uncontrollably when you come? They'll go out of their minds and then I'll find more friends, and then we'll tie you up so you're helpless. I'll direct them to have their way any way they want. Who can make you scream the loudest? Maybe I'll just line them up and have them squirt in your mouth and your pussy all over your tits and ass at all the same time. You'll be covered in cum, and we'll make you eat it all and taste everyone's cum. The next morning, you'll be a little sore, but you're still going to want more. After all that, fucking over and over. Then, apparently after the threesome began, McManson became more sadistic and his fantasies focused on controls such as choking, sensory deprivation, pain, humiliation, and group scenarios in which Mrs. Grant, Miss Grant, was to be physically overwhelmed and subservient. Response to your last picture, you need your panties ripped off and three big black dicks in all three holes at the same time. Way up your pussy and way up your ass as far as they will go, but even farther. And the thickest cock goes down your throat, so it makes you gag and convulse as those big black cocks pound away. It feels like from the start you're being assaulted, but it's made you come not stop. Just one continuous constant orgasm and just before you pass out those big black dicks squirt their loads of cum inside you. As you lay on your stomach the cum is coming out of all your holes. I'll turn you over and jack off all of you. And there's more text, but I will just reveal one more because it's just too much on my voice. And it is an actual um one where it's a response. On February 25th, 2021, McMahon sent Mrs. Grant to establish a schedule for when other men, including physical therapist and Laurenitis, could have sex with Mrs. Grant, which Mrs. Grant attempted to rebuff. Exactly, baby. He's not the only one. Name Retracted called me this afternoon begging to eat you and fuck you with his nice and hard dick. She responded, Give me another week, baby, and I'll be ready. I'm feeling more like myself. It's not great, but it's getting better. Tell him soon. I already told him, baby. By the way, Johnny wants Tuesdays, but not this coming one, and the occasional Saturday, but maybe I could ship to Thursday nights. Johnny would like all of the above. There's more, but you can find these. They're all over the place. You can find all these (sighs) texts. Where did we begin?
0: 50 Shades of Vince.
1: Oh, my God. You know, it's quite ironic. I don't mean this for it to be dark. But porn star Jessie Jane, along with her boyfriend, died today. She died of OD, right? She died of OD. What a weird day that a porn star dies the same day that Vince shows her his sexual deviance. You know... I've seen a lot of opinions on this piece. People calling him a sick fuck. People saying he should be Benoit from history, this, that, and the other. He ain't going to get Benoit from history. That's impossible. You can Benoit Benoit from history because he was a wrestler in the WWE for seven years, he was in WCW for about five. It's easy to Benoit him. And when I mean Benoit, I mean didn't completely erase him, never mention him. Kenny never existed. But in the case of Vince McMahon, you can't Benoit Vince McMahon. This guy literally created the company that is a global phenomenon. It's damn near impossible. That's like trying to completely erase Steve Jobs as a figurehead for Apple. Because those... He's a main figurehead as to why Apple really went to the next plateau. But um, with... Vince, you can't Benoit the guy. It's impossible. But no, that being said. I will... It's gonna sound crazy because there's actual text messages. But I do believe in the whole having his day in court. The man needs to have his day in court and see if he is guilty of these things. Part of me wants to hope that this is all fake. Why? Because... This man, despite him being a sexual deviant and all this crap, and being into some sick and twisted shit, this was the guy that's responsible for a lot of stuff that I've watched. I've been watching WWE and pro wrestling for nearly 30 fucking years. I've been watching wrestling since I was six.
0: You dedicated your life to it. Pretty much.
1: My life has been wrestling. From my highest of highs to my lowest of lows. And Vince McMahon is a big part of that reason. But I can't if this is actually the case. If he actually is what he is being accused of, I cannot condone this. Now, let me me preface this. Many people are getting on his case for being a sexual deviant. He's into some weird shit. As we've established, he loves having feces put onto the heads of the women he likes to fuck. A little bit out there. But hey, everyone's got skeletons in the closet. That's not the, the weird part. The weird part is, is that this is considered trafficking. This is considered sexual coercion, I guess you could say the term is. Where she ba- he basically manipulated her into a job using his powers... Uh, power struggle to get this woman a job if he would do sexual favors to her and have her do sexual favors for him. It is a weird power dynamic that he used to flaunt because all these years he was able to get away with so much crap. Now it's come to finally bite him in the ass. Like karma comes in many different ways and karma has come to bite him in the ass in the worst way possible because of all these women he apparently did bad to one woman apparently that he did bad to was Christy Hemi. There's not been really much details, and Christy Hemi herself has not really come out and said anything. But one story that came out many years ago that was really damning was, if you remember, former WWE alumni Ashley Massaro passed away in 2019 at the age of 39 from a suicide. But it was revealed that she apparently, when this is what her words she went to a tribute to the troops where she was drugged and raped by a supposed member of the military and when she wanted to report this and and press charges they basically told her don't do it hush hush don't do it because we have a good thing with the military we don't want to ruin that that relationship that is Probably what led to her depression issues, as well as the CTE that she may have suffered and caused her to commit suicide. That being said, this is the mini line of things that Vince McMahon has buried in his past. And I can't defend this if this is actually all true. And there's too many instances. I mean, we all know one thing. There were many NDAs handed out because that has been reported and has been recorded. Now these text messages they could be fabricated. They <clears throat> for a guy who's the CEO of a fucking billion dollar company, he writes like a fucking 5-year-old. But dear god, like if this is true. Holy fuck. Holy fuck.
0: Now there's also rumors that A lot of people knew about this in the office, knew about this, and covered it up. Including possibly Triple H, possibly Stephanie McMahon.
1: So, I don't think Stephanie hid this. I think she wanted to distance herself from the dad. Because, again, we talked about this right before we came on. The weird thing was, was that she stepped down for a bit maybe about six weeks before all this came out, while Vince McMahon was still CEO. And while she was gone, there was a lot of bad-mouthing from supposedly people that worked there. Oh, she was no good, this and the other. When reports have been reported that people that work with WWE, as far as the talent, prefer to work with Stephanie than to work with Vince, because Vince is just too controlling, too hands-on, doesn't allow any creative freedom. Stephanie and Triple H are a little bit more open to listening to ideas, and uh, Nick Khan's just really the business guy. He really couldn't care less about any of that stuff. But anyways, um, getting back to what I was saying, so when Vince stepped down, she came right in and became the CEO. And and you could clearly tell from the video, even though she's doing the thank you, Vince, it seemed like she was happy to start this new chapter in the WWE. Now it's no longer going to be held back by Vince. And then six months later, we already said Vince weaseled his way back in. And the first thing that happens is that Stephanie fucking steps down as CEO and resigns. I wonder if Stephanie knew this and didn't want any part of her father. I don't know. I don't know her person. She personally. knew
0: it. She knew there was no way she could fight it. There's no way she could beat it. And the best mm-hmm. thing she felt for that moment was just go away. Possibly. Congratulations, Dad. You won the fight. You win again.
1: Yeah. Well, now it doesn't seem like he won because this this is pretty damning. Like, because the text messages they paint a real bad picture of him right now and and Vince there's been a lot of stories I mean obviously no not every CEO is going to have a squeaky clean image attached to them because they had to they had to cut a lot of throats to get to where they are and of course we all know the story of Vince during the territory days and how many backs he had to stab to dominate the pro wrestling industry but yeah it this is very telling if this is all true Uh, Because now we're not just dealing with a sexual deviant Who's just into weird shit We're now talking about a guy that will Manipulate and emotionally coerce women Under duress To have sex with him And his people Very fascinating
0: Ryback said he made a video about this Um, He says the truth will always come out to bite you in the ass yeah and, and he he's been very vocal against wwe uh since since his release for the past several years yeah
1: he's claimed he'll never work with them again and whether that's the case or not we don't know i mean we all thought cm punk would never wrestle for them again and <laughs> jesus christ 10 years later here he is yeah
0: um i like to play a clip from the wrestling observer Uh, Lance Storm on the Vince McMahon allegations. It's it's a little over a minute. Yeah, I heard this, but
1: play it.
2: Look, I, I was one of the few that said he needed to be gone when the story first broke, and I was outspoken against him being allowed back into the office, being allowed back at shows when he came back, and when he came back I stopped watching the product and only just recently started seeing some of the shows out of necessity. like this is, you know, when you were reading the the account of how this started, it's like, that's classic sexual predator stuff. Find someone down on their luck and start grooming them and bending them to your will. Like, not only should he be booted off the board, take his keys to the office away, bar him from going to shows, and I think there needs to be a legitimate cleaning house of anyone who covered anything up, who knew about this. Like this is absolutely disgustingly horrible and he needs to be gone and done. And I hope there's criminal charges brought if any of this is even remotely true, which with there being so many NDAs and a long list of things, it's like, I can't fathom how it isn't.
0: And he's right. If I was TKO and I knew and if I found that anyone in that, you know, and Vince's bubble was covering this up, I'd fire them. I mean, if I was Triple H, I would be worried. I mean, you know, we mentioned, I know before we went on the air about the whole Netflix thing. Will this affect, affect the Netflix deal? And you said it's already done and done. It's already on paper. It's finalized. And that's that.
1: So here's the thing, though. It had been reported that when Vince was trying to weasel his way back in... Guess who the two names that said no to bringing Vince back? Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Mm -hmm. They didn't want him back. I think they knew what the issue was. They didn't want him back. Because of what they knew. And they knew it would be harmful. You know what just sprung to my mind, though? Could you imagine... This all came out while Vince was still the fucking CEO. Imagine what damage the WWE would have suffered.
0: Oh, had this say, a couple
1: years earlier. Or if Vince was just still CEO right now. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Vince is the, still the image of WWE right now and all this came out. How damn it! Because you said earlier about the Netflix deal. Would this hurt them? Would this hurt their deal and Netflix would want to pull out? I think it would be more so if the guy that they did the deal with is the man that's involved in this bullshit. But luckily he's not the CEO. Because so I could imagine how badly WWE would be hurting right now. Tony Khan would be having a fucking field day right now, going on Twitter making himself look like an idiot.
0: It's, I mean, even though Vince is not there anymore, his identity, you know, when people think of WWE, they still think of Vince. I'm pretty sure a lot of those Netflix guys are running there. Probably if they did watch WWE or, you know, know or aware of him. So I, I'm pretty sure Vince was not in a room when this Netflix deal happened. I don't think he was there at all. But still, I mean, that that image. Yeah, it's... It's still there.
1: But I think it's... It's somewhat protected because he's not their, the 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 company CEO anymore, mm. which helps in the long run. Because if they if he was still the CEO, that would be very bad. But I don't I don't know who knew about this. But it's like let's just say for the sake of argument that this is all true, and they had this evidence sitting there to keep it fucking brushed under the rug, especially something as severe as this. And then, to know that Vince McMahon already had scandals like this in the past, with Jerry Lawler, with Pat Patterson back in the early 90s, and then you have the idea that if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, I think it was season one, where they talked about Jimmy Snuka, apparently he covered up Jimmy Snuka's murder to his ex-girlfriend Nancy Argentina at the time.
0: Yeah, because he wanted to protect his top star at the time. Yeah.
1: But the thing is, like, when you actually watch WWE in the late 90s and early 2000s, part of this doesn't even surprise you that he would be involved in this. Right before we got on, we we talked about an angle that Vince McMahon did back in the day where uh, Kane and Triple H were feuding, and Triple H insinuated that Kane had a girlfriend named Katie Vick that died in a car crash. And to mock Kane, he dressed up as Kane in a funeral parlor, uh, seeing a dead corpse of Katie Vick, which was just a doll, and insinuated he screwed her brains out with necrophilia. And Triple H even said in while he was filming that, they were doing it at a legitimate funeral parlor. There was an actual funeral par- going on in the next room. And while he's doing this, he's trying not to make too much noise. And then he's got Vince McMahon in his ear. No, you gotta go harder. You
0: gotta do it harder. You gotta
1: go louder.
0: Yeah, you, God damn it, do it louder. It's gotta
1: be over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the same man that wanted to start an incest relationship angle with his two kids stephanie and and uh, Gene. then he wanted kurt angle to make out with his daughter while she was in a relationship with triple h he wanted to do an angle where he was the father of uh, stephanie's pregnant uh baby like jesus christ damn he made out with Trish Stratus Right in front of his wife at the time
0: Yeah It was all right there in front of us the whole time Yeah We just thought
1: that it was just Crash TV television
0: I mean this, I mean, this is the same week Where they uh, they just uh, TKL just hired The Rock Dwayne Johnson for a, a role I believe he has a, a seat now on the board Yeah You know and, and this is two days away From the Royal Rumble
1: yeah, the biggest show of the year, the, the the show that pretty much starts the road to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, right. Almost right in the freaking start of WrestleMania season this is happening. I mean, the timing couldn't have been any worse.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, but Vince still needs to have his day in court. Yes. But he, the thing is, is that he shouldn't have gotten his job back once it was revealed that he has all these NDAs with all these women. And he used company funds. The fact that TKO was firmly okay with having Vince McMahon on board with this deal. It says a whole lot about that company and why they would take him in. And, and you know, it, it's quite weird because you hear a lot when somebody says something stupid. Like, remember when Roseanne Barr said some real cheesy line on, on Twitter and it got her completely excommunicated from her show how quickly that was Son. Yeah Yet here's Vince McMahon who, Who's known to be a sexual deviant and, and paying off women with NDAs So they don't say anything And now you got this real vulgar story And yet here we are radio silence From WWE or TKO The only thing that's been said Was that somebody in his side Has come out and said That these, all this is fabricated In lies That's all they pretty much have said
0: well, we'll see what happens in the future, if the court system feels the same way.
1: We'll have to wait and see. I, I, I now, part of me wants to know what Kevin Patrick thinks. Anybody doesn't know, Kevin Patrick was a commentator on the show. He just got released from the company today. He was released like a few hours before this whole story came out. So, literally, his release became a back burner story to this. Yeah. But it makes you wonder what he thinks.
0: I mean, you know, if you let me ask you this, if you're TKO, what what do you do in the situation? Do you feel like you, you just need to fire everyone that's been associated with with McMahon and just start clean and just start putting in the people that you trust, start putting in okay. your own people? I mean, I what if what I if the Rock not,
1: replaces Triple H? I wouldn't fire people associated with Vince McMahon because maybe not everybody that was associated with him knew about this. It has to be people that you knew genuinely, knew the story and did their job to try and hide this. And again, there seems to be evidence that points to that Stephanie and Triple H did not want him back because they knew that he was a problem. He was going to be a problem to WWE's image. Plain and simple. So I think personally... You have to get rid of Vince because he was already toxic to begin with, even before the story even came out. It's just that now it just solidified it. The fact that nothing's being done because it's Vince McMahon and he can get away with murder at this point. I'm not saying he's guilty of the crime, but there needs to be some sort of uh, like day in court with him where if he actually did it, there has to be a severe punishment for it because what he's doing, he's literally using his power to coerce women into sex forcibly with not just him, but with multiple people. Well, he's married and he's the CEO of the fucking company.
2: Yeah. Well, it
1: was, but not, not anymore. And apparently not, not only that, there was also something in the news story where that he used sex toys forcibly Penetrating his victims and named them after WWE superstars. This is what funny. the fuck? <laughs> like, could you imagine he takes a dildo and be like, Here comes the rock in your pussy.
0: But even with someone like Triple H, let's say he had nothing to do with that, but in the end, he's still related to the man. I mean, every time you see Triple H, you're still going to think of Vince. Yeah, but that's unfair. Because if he—it it the- it sucks. It's unfair, but that's how it is. I mean, look at yeah. Ben kid. He had nothing to do with what happened with his father, unfortunately. But when you look at him, all you can think of is—is is his dad. It's not fair. It sucks, but that's just how it is. There's right, nothing but- you can do about that personally. Benoit's kid is an odd,
1: odd example because Benoit's kid never really seriously got into wrestling. I mean, the dude's 30 and he still hasn't had one trained professional wrestling match. Yeah,
0: it's not, not going to happen yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, apparently, according to Lexus King, he doesn't have that drive that to, to go to that next plateau, which is what you need of wrestling. But with Triple H, it's he's since he took over, things have been going very well for the company. He's been the company's been breaking all these records and the company's been very hot. So to kick him out just cuz he's associated, that's like guilty by association. That's like if let's just say um in the show Breaking Bad, they arrest Walt Jr or or ostracize him from society because his dad was a meth uh kingpin.
0: Wait, they're not going to ostr- ostracize his son, but when his son goes to that school, he's going to have that reputation. His father was a freaking pot dealer or a drug yeah, dealer. Whatever.
1: He may have that, but is he going to get fired from every job that he ever has? Just because his dad was a meth? Like, that's just unfair. And it's not logical to just fire Triple H, especially since... His numbers seem to prove otherwise. Now, if he had a role in hiding it, then that's a whole different story. But if he had a role in trying to keep him out for the sake of the company, then yeah, then he should. he didn't be fired just because he happens to be the son-in-law, well. if he did his due diligence, there's no reason to fire the guy. It's
0: not just that, but it's just the fact that they, the company. T- look, I don't know how TKL thinks. Nobody does but it could be the fact that they just may want to distance themselves from the McMahons as a general, as a whole, and they just may want to start fresh with brand new people. And with this Vince thing, I would be a little worried. Now, yes, Triple H is doing good at his job, because you're not the only person that said that. But that that doesn't mean Triple H is the only person that knows how to do that job.
1: Yeah, but do you think TKO is going to actually go out there and study and say to themselves, who's a good wrestling booker right now? Especially since... There really isn't wrestling bookers out there, because Triple H was part of that, like, at the very tail end of the dying breed of the territories. You ain't going to get a Bill Watts. You ain't going to get an Ole Anderson. They're too out of touch. And you can't get some newbie in there, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. You need, like, years of experience in the business. So, what, you're going to have Shawn Michaels run the whole company? Like,
0: yeah, Paul Heyman. Yeah, but you can easily
1: say the same thing about Paul Heyman because he's associated with Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar is the one that's being accused of also being a sexual deviant because he accepted a, a picture of somebody being peed on or peed.
0: Well, it depends how I guess how TKO would see Heyman if they see him associated as a guy that when they look at him, oh, I think of that Bork laser guy. Well, most
1: of Brock Lesnar's career was with who? Paul Heyman. Sable. So, oh. <laughs> I and mean, who the fuck knows about Sable?
0: <laughs> what a baby she is. I mean, Adam Pierce could be another guy. I mean I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but they they I mean I'm just bringing up s- s- scenarios of what could happen. What if they have that idea, look, I wanna we wanna be done with the McMahon's. You know, we own the company now, we're gonna give it a fresh new start, fresh new look. Everyone associated with McMahon's are gone. That doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but it's an idea. It could happen.
1: Could would should love to wait and see, cause the story only broke out a few hours ago. Yeah.
0: So yeah, as it has been a full twenty four hours, so we'll we'll see what happens. But there's still the Rumble show happening this week and I mean there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's been a crazy fucking week.
1: <laughs> you don't say.
0: Well, speaking of crazy, shall we get to our film discussion? sure why not today we've been bringing it up on the podcast and we finally got around to it let's say uh, let's do it for our next movie let's do terrifier terrifier is an independent horror slasher film that came out in 2016 it does not have a rating if it did it will probably get like an NC-17 I don't think they went through a rating system they just a fuck it release it written and directed by Damien Leone uh, no big names in this film but uh it's it has the infamous uh art the clown now this is not art the clown's first movie this is his first solo movie he was first introduced in a anthology hol- uh, horror film called all hallows eve we'll probably get around to reviewing that i guess around october when it's like halloween theme month
1: okay cuz the thing that always struck me about art the clown is that i see him a lot So I always figured the Terrifier was the character from that franchise, and obviously the Terrifier has got a cult following. So it just always struck me as uh, interesting how he was so iconic, it seems like, in the horror genre.
0: Named one of the scariest clowns on screen by BloodyDisgusting.com, Ark the Clown returns and sets his sights on three young women, along with anyone else that gets in his way. Terrifier is based on a character from a successful horror anthology franchise, All Hallows Eve.
1: The thing that I have to know about this film is it's not long at all. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes. And the budget to this film was pretty small. It was thirty five, it thirty five to fifty five thousand and the box office was about four hundred grand. So I would presume this got a limited release in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, made on a bunch of like, let's just say 50K and it brought back 400K. That's a success.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest, for the amount of money that they put in, which was not much, they did a pretty good job with a lot of the effects. It was very well done. It was very practical. It wasn't CGI bullshit, and it looked better in my eyes, which helped the film a lot, but... I guess we'll get to that because the the movie starts off with uh, a news broadcast talking about one year later after a certain event that happened in a building and you got the news anchor who brings on the only survivor from that night and it's a woman that looks completely disfigured. She kind of looks like, um, who's that woman? If anybody remembers back in like 2009, there was a chimpanzee that was given some sort of drug that made it go erratic.
2: And it ran out
1: of its. Yeah. Yeah, ran out of the house and beat this woman's face up, just pummeled her badly to the point where her hands and her face were completely disfigured. And they ended up having to shoot the monkey dead. And the woman just looked completely fucked up.
0: Oh like, God! I'm
1: up. gonna Google it now. All this face. Uh, what? I didn't ask you to Google this.
0: <laughs> I just, I just—that's my curiosity.
1: Anyways, while he decides to look up this poor woman's face after she got beaten and battered, which I think by now she's actually gotten a better face because over the years she's been fixing herself. But yeah, this is what this woman looked like. Look completely disfigured. So the TV host who had interviewed her, and you see her in her makeup chair. She had just gotten done interviewing said um, woman. And she's on the phone with, I guess, her husband or her boyfriend or whatever. And she's just ridiculing this poor woman for her disfigurement. Because she looks completely disfigured. And then she hears a noise... And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be Art the Clown because he's the killer or whatever. Instead, it's that disfigured girl and she just happens to just kill the host by jamming her thumbs in their eyes. This was the only thing in the movie I'm just kind of like,
0: eh,
1: you didn't really need to do this.
0: I think that, I think this opening scene was kind of setting up the tone for the rest of the movie just say yep it's one of those movies
1: but you could have just had Art the Clown killer not this girl but anyways so they don't say it outright but it's clear as day that this is a year prior so they're basically now filling in the gaps of what happened that year before and so the two girls that we're introduced to are Dawn and Tara and Dawn and Tara are just getting out from like a Halloween party or whatever they're completely intoxicated they're being ridiculous whatever it it is what it is and um, before I continue Tara seems to be the way they were hyping her they seem to make her look like she's going to be the 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 Jamie Lee Curtis I guess of this film oh no you could say that yes but as we go on But as they're sitting there, they're talking, they see this weird clown walking by. And he's just, like, a little bit odd. So they decide to go to an eatery. It's like a pizzeria that's open late so that they could sober up. Because after you get drunk or whatever, you kind of have to eat to let the food absorb the alcohol. So while they're sitting... A lot of water, all that stuff, yeah they're sitting down at the pizzeria and then all of a sudden this clown art the clown comes in and he starts making these funny weird faces i gotta say the guy who played him uh david howard thornton fucking did an excellent fucking job with the creepy tone of how he would change faces and all that stuff and his hand movements very well done very well done
0: He's, if, not the, he's not the original actor that played Art in the anthology movie. I think the original actor retired and they uh, held auditions and then they said David was like the sixth guy that auditioned. And he brought yeah. more of like a mime perspective to Art the Clown and that's what won them over. That's what got him the part.
1: Right. So this character obviously has no dialogue. If The, the best way I can describe this character, especially throughout this film, is that imagine if the Joker didn't talk from Batman. That's what this character is because he does have that Joker sense of humor to him sometimes. Because there's one part where obviously Tara's like a little freaked out, Dawn really couldn't care less. There's one part where Dawn tries to like mock him by sitting on his lap and taking selfies with him, and he just no sells it and all that stuff. But there's one part where he gets up and he smiles and takes a quarter from a tip from the previous table and puts it in one of those little machines with the little uh, toys that you get in the little ball and there's a ring in there a plastic ring and he takes her finger puts the ring on her and obviously the guy that uh works there prior to this said to the guy do you want something to eat he just completely ignored him and said yo you're going to have to leave if you don't eat so then art the clown goes into the bathroom guy gives him the pizza, basically says enjoy, I'll make sure that guy doesn't bother you. But comes to find out that the guy, I guess, defecated in his bathroom, (laughs) talking about shitting on
2: heads
1: (laughs) 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 over the bathroom, kind of similar to uh, Dumb and Dumber when the guy had egg flax So he smeared shit all over and he kicks him out. Uh, the, The guy kicks Art the Clown out of the pizzeria, blah blah blah. Two girls eat their pizza, and as they're heading back to the car, Dawn's tire is completely destroyed. They don't know what the hell is going on. So then uh, Tara decides to call her sister, Victoria, who's at a dorm and asks if they could pick her up. And at first, she's kind of like, oh, I got a semester of this, that, and the other that I got to study for. But then... a couple randomly comes into her dorm to go ahead and have the wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. She's like, you know what, let me go pick you up just to get away from this. So as they're sitting there, they're waiting. Tara has to go to the bathroom. But there's nowhere to go, and she doesn't want to just pee on the floor. So this guy named Mike, the exterminator, comes out from a building. And Dawn basically says, you can ask this guy if you can use the bathroom. So... Tara leaves the car. She goes in, asks Mike if she can use the bathroom. Mike says, you can, but make it quick because I can get in trouble for this. While that happens, Dawn is listening to the radio and you see the scene. Art the Clown comes back into the pizzeria to murder the two guys. So what happened was... Guy, the the employees just like wiping all the the shit from the bathroom, and he's like, "Yo, I better be getting time and a half." It's kind of weird that me, the cook, is cleaning up shit. You know, kind of weird. Which <laughs> is, it's it's a very valid point. But he can't find his boss anywhere, and then he finds his boss's head completely cut off and, and and disfigured and all that with fire coming out. Then Art the Clown cuts his. Freaking fingers, and then just stabs his face repeatedly. It was very well done. I gotta give it that for the budget that they had? It's a very well job making this look great. So, later on, Dawn hears the radio broadcast saying that two uh, pizzeria guys were, were murdered and described the assailant who was seen by a uh, witness. Then she starts to freak out, because earlier she just thought the guy was a weirdo and that he wasn't harmful or anything like that. So, um... She tries to make a phone call and all of a sudden Art the Clown ends up right next to her in the car and takes her. Meanwhile, Tara's trying to use the bathroom and uh, I'm trying to remember how the scene came, uh, because there's a part where uh, Tara bumps into uh, this random woman that's living there that's got this baby doll and thinks that it's it's her kid virtually and thinks that, oh, the renting out or whatever so anyways um, Art the Clown somehow makes his way into the building and uh, kidnaps uh, what's her face Tara and ties her up to a chair then he reveals that he's got Dawn hanging upside down and
0: this was pretty fucking yeah, this part yeah
1: this part was fucking weird. It was it was so cool, but so over the top and so ridiculous all at the same time. So Dawn is stripped naked and she's hanging upside down with her legs spread. And he decides to take a bandsaw and cut right from where her crotch is and cut her all the way in half. It looked like the fatality in Mortal Kombat 2 when Kung Lao takes his hat and cuts you in half. That was this to the T. Uh, obviously she gets out of free from the chair now most of the movie is a big chase scene because it's literally just Art the Clown chasing Tara throughout the whole building there's parts where he hits him in the face stabs him in the back she stabs her in several places but then there's one part where um, <clears throat> he's got her finally subdued and then he shoots her but he only shoots her like in the cheek, and he goes back and reloads and completely shoots her face completely off. Complete, and this is halfway into the film, so I'm like, wow, the main girl who I thought was gonna live just somehow got killed somehow. And while that's going on, the crazy woman she uh, tries to inform Mike that there's a killer in this freaking place. This that the Um, eventually. <clears throat> he does realize that there's a killer, and her sister Victoria appears, and then that's when she discovers the dead body of Dawn and all that. Because she called Dawn, and her phone was ringing, and it was so close by, and she's like, "What the fuck?" So
0: I'm trying to remember how how did he kill the cat lady? I forgot. Oh, he, no, he scalped. off-screen no, but
1: yeah, that's right. He scalped her because he tried to play off like the cat lady crawling away and then uh, that's when he scared her and, and revealed that he, it's just him um, there was one part where he smashed Mike in the head with a hammer while he was calling for somebody but it only knocked him out And it, help did come on the way I forgot how he got killed there was a helper that was trying to like help him out or whatever
0: yeah he, uh, he came in uh, through, with the key under the rug he was trying to call his friend but um, he saw did he, what did he see the doll on the floor maybe and then he got he just got stabbed in the head from behind. That's right, you stabbed correct. in the head and Art cut his head off. Yanks.
1: Yes, you're correct. Yes, I remember he cut his head clean off. So keep going, uh, Mike. It looks like he's about to be the hero because he knocks it completely knocks Art the clown completely down. They end up in a room, and Mike decides he's gonna call the police, and the police couldn't have sounded any more disinterested in his story. (laughs) But they did say they were gonna send help. And so they sent help, or... Yeah, they sent help later, but... He says, we're getting the fuck out of here. And then there's uh, a door with a lock, but of course, Art the Clown comes, completely batters the guy's face. He does... uh, Michael Myers just stomps his face, completely fucking destroying his head. Somehow, some way. So she's obviously trying to get out of the door, um, goes into this one uh, garage. And like I said, with Art the Clown, there's sort of like some weird, creepy undertones that's like joking. Cause there's one part where he just like honks a horn at her. He does like weird taunts and all that, like a mime. And keep in mind, every time he gets attacked, like when he gets stabbed in the foot, he doesn't scream. He just like, he, you see his facial expression, but he never screams. It's quite funny. So, anyways, to make a long story short, the cops are on their way, but Arthur Clown hits her with the car, Victoria, that is, and then starts feasting on her face. Well, then the two cops basically say, put your hands behind your head, or put your hands up, and he does, but he only has one hand, and they said, you better put your other hand up now, or we're going to shoot. And he grabs a gun from his foot, and puts it to his mouth, and shoots himself. So... Obviously, the cops have to get the bodies and bring them to, not a morgue, I think, but somebody that does discoveries and all that stuff. So he has to work on Mike and Art the Clown. And he looks at the both bodies. Obviously, Mike is completely a but when he looks at Art the Clown, Art the Clown somehow miraculously survived the gunshot to the head without any wounds whatsoever and strangles the, the doctor. And then that's when we're showing a clip to one year later where Victoria's in a wheelchair now made a quote-unquote full recovery and they're saying we're very proud of your progress. And sometimes they turn around, they reveal that she's the girl from the intro of the movie where she was being interviewed about being the only survivor. And keep in mind, every time she talked, there was always like a weird static sound and her voice was distorted. And yeah, that's where the movie ends.
0: So, now, I haven't seen All Hallows Eve, but they said in that film that Art, the clown, does have a supernatural element to him. hmm Which, I guess, explains why he's how he survived that gunshot in his throat.
1: But is it supposed to be connected to Terrifier in any ways?
0: I believe so, yes. I don't know if this movie is a remake of that short. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But I know Terrifier was a short film that was made in 2011. And they later uh, used the clown in All Hallows Eve. And then eventually, his short got spun off into its own film, which is what we just saw, Terrifier.
1: Yeah. Well, so... It was pretty good. I... Didn't have any issues other than Victoria killing the TV host, because it didn't really, like... Unless the sequel kind of gives it some credence.
0: Well, they said in the beginning of the film, the end is just the beginning. So uh, there's a little foreshadowing there.
1: Yeah, it foreshadowed, but it still didn't make sense why she just killed the TV host. I mean, yeah, she was a real bitch, but... Victoria was never an evil person. She just got disfigured. And, of course, now she has magical powers because she can fucking pluck somebody's eyes out. Clean. So.
0: Well, yeah, it, being a survivor, does have its long-term effect.
1: And now the second movie that I see here, it's going to be a two-hour film. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's a pretty long movie. Oh, man. And they already announced the third one coming out later this year. Terrifier 3.
1: Yeah. So overall, the film was
0: good because
1: it wasn't long. It told its story. The guy who played Ark the Clown was pretty creepy. The gore was very good. Some of it cheesy. But hey, you know me. I like cheese.
0: (laughs) I like cheese.
1: Yes, I like my, my cheesy uh, shit. So, I don't really have much to complain here. Uh, I don't know where you stand on this, but yeah, I thought it was fine.
0: I mean, you got to have a liking for this kind of stuff to really get a kick out of it. Uh, this is my second viewing of the film. The first time I saw it, I was like, eh, it was whatever. But, you know, as you mentioned, with so little that they worked with, they were able to get a lot done. And I always, I always kind of, I always appreciate movies. I can do that kind of stuff because you could tell that they put a lot of heart into it, whether yeah. it be a movie like this or Evil Dead or whatever fuck. So, um, and I guess to the surprise, I mean, it did pick up a cult following, which eventually led to a sequel, which we'll again dive more into that in our next review. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, my second view of this, I will say, I liked it a little more, not as much, but it was better. A second viewing of it and I'm pretty sure I'll like it even I'll I may like it even more if I give it a third view so overall I'll say eh, it's whatever yeah I thought I do, I do like the design of art the clown he does look creepy
1: yeah and, and the guy who plays him just captures it so well there's I don't think you could have done any better with it because it came off very creepy um, again this film did not really explain his supernatural element but apparently it's explained in the short film that is kind of connected So, but yeah overall I think it helped that it wasn't a long film and it didn't drag otherwise yeah then we probably would have had an issue so now wh- knowing that the second film is two hours long I can only imagine how much of a drag that it may- that may
0: be I thought some of the chase scenes did go on a little too long, for me at least. I'm just only speaking for myself. I can
1: I can see that. Yeah, a lot of the chase scenes went because again, it didn't really have much um, basis attached to it because it was filmed literally at the at least the core horror part was in that building, so there really wasn't much to work off of. It was fine. That's that's where I stand with it. It's a fine little movie.
0: So your thumbs are
1: I give it slightly up. I thought it was fun. I I can't really complain about this movie because again, it's not long, and it does some good things. It, again, some of the gore is really well done for the amount of money they put into it.
0: Yeah, I think I think you have to be like a real horror fan or just a horror fan in general to take to have some type of liking to this. I don't see just a normal, a regular movie goer taking a liking to it. I can see them not liking it. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I guess my thumb, my thumbs would be in the middle with this one. Yeah, Not terrible, not great, but again, if you're into these kind of movies, you may like it. It's yeah, no, yeah. it's no Maniac. I, I still would pick Maniac over it.
1: Well, oh, Maniac, you're talking about the, uh... oh, God, that movie... Yeah, that was really well thought. But that I don't know if that involved clowns.
0: No, no clowns. But it, it is a slasher, an indie slasher of sorts. And for anyone that wants to check out Terrifier, it's currently on Peacock. It's even on YouTube. It's
1: all over the place, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, you so can it's not, get it. That
0: part fine at all.
1: Yeah. If you don't. If you're not able to find it, <laughs> then you're. There's something wrong.
0: Yep, and with that said, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We had a lot to talk about. This one went a little longer than we usually go, but, we, you know, we had a lot to say. A lot of shit came out.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, no Yeah,
1: uh, and it didn't land on anyone's head
0: either. Man, it's good shit, pal. Such good shit. And um, with that said, I think that's going to do it for this episode. For Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis. Our next review, obviously, will be the second one, I'm assuming, Terrifier 2.
1: If we can find it.
0: Yeah, we can find it, or else, you know, we'll figure something out. But until then, for Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis. Get
2: out of here, you rapists!